Two things I want you to write down real quick. The first is 530-591-3291. You're not ready yet. That's why I'm going to do it again. So when you're ready, let me know. It is a phone number. It is my cell phone number. Yes? Oh, well, let's try that again. 530-591-3291. So that's my cell phone number. And then Shamgar, S-H-A-M-G, I'm sorry, G-A-R, 828 at AOL.com is my email. Shamgar828. Eight. The number eight, the number two, the number eight at AOL.com. Why do you need those? Well, because I want you to get a hold of me if you want to. <laughs> and um, my phone number, my cell number, is important because of this. Every morning I send out two chapters to read in the Bible. So if you'd like to be part of that, text me who you are, and then I'll add you to the list. And also, um, I have a prayer team of about 50 people that is nationwide, and any prayer request I get, like, you know, we've been talking about a lot about Doug's mom, Virginia, well, she's on this prayer team, and, and it's nationwide. So if you'd like another 50 people praying for you, or if you'd like to be part of that, just let me know, and I'll add you. There's no requirement. You don't have to be purple in skin or, you know, a quarter mohawk or anything like that. <clears throat> and then um, on my email, I'm part of another prayer team. So if you'd like to be part of that, then um, that's pretty easy too. So getting to the point, power. What is power? <clears throat> well, the dictionary has about 400 definitions. And most of them have to do with something you know, like, you know, if the lights go out, what do we say? The power's out, sure. Or, you know, if somebody's trying to pull something and they can't do it, we say they don't have enough power to do that, right? And then, of course, there's the power of the Holy Spirit, which we talked about, about just a second ago about Robbie Booth when he prayed for someone to be raised from the dead. And that's really the power we mean, isn't it? As a Christian, that should always be what we mean about power. Well, I'd like to introduce you to someone this morning. If we could put the, the picture of the horse up here. This is Big Jake. <clears throat> uh, the man standing there is about 6'2", uh, but you will notice he is standing in a little bit of a hole. However, Big Jake is a Belgium draft horse or workhorse, and um, he is the tallest horse ever recorded. He is what we're talking about when somebody says one horsepower. That is one horsepower. Now, my uncle bred these horses and, and uh, uh, competed with them. He entered them in pulling contests and shows, and he also sold them. And what I knew about, about these huge animals is that they are very calm. Now, you get around a quarter horse, or some other form of racehorse, or just a riding horse, and they're a little skittish. They don't like the dog to bark or the little kid to cry. 
They, they don't like that. This guy, he don't care. We would grab one by the tail and walk up their back legs to get on top of them. They wouldn't even look at us when I was a little kid. Didn't even care. What's that? It's not even a fly, you know? And one of these horses can pull an incredible amount of weight. My family owned the first logging company in Whatcom County, Washington, and this is what they logged with to pull the logs out of the woods. You know, you've seen the big spar pole where they go up in the air. It's all by horse. Pulled it into the logging or into the lumber mill, all by horse. Two of these guys. It's an incredible amount of power contained in this large animal. Well, what does that mean? Not really anything, does it? My minivan has 185 horsepower at about 5,000 RPMs. So he would have to run his legs at 5,000 revolutions per minute to get 185 horsepower. My truck, about the same revolutions per minute, and it puts out 295 horsepower. The semi I drive at about 1,200 revolutions per minute, 500 horsepower. Well, that's a little more impressive, isn't it? Of course, it has to pull 80,000 pounds and do it well. <clears throat> the van will do this efficiently at about 24 miles a gallon, my pickup about 19, and the semi about eight. Huh. The horse, you just gotta feed him oats. <laughs> and he's pretty happy about it. Put up the next, the next picture. This is called a Pelton water wheel. The Pelton water wheel was invented in the late 1870s by a man named, very good. <clears throat> At 500 RPMs, 500 now, anybody want to guess how much horsepower? 12,500 horsepower. And I have heard of these things putting out as much as 30,000 horsepower. Now, a top fuel dragster that can go 1,000 feet in just over three seconds at over 300 miles an hour only puts out 10,000 horsepower and has to turn almost 10,000 RPMs. 500 RPMs, and all you got to do is stick it in the water. Something God made. Something God made. This is an incredible invention, but without the water, it is useless. It isn't worth the steel that's in it without water. Something God made. What did God make for us? This particular one is about uh, four and a half feet tall. If you want to see one and you're ever in Chico, there's a business called Thomas Hydraulic and they have one out front of the, out front of the building. And it's very similar, it's not exactly like that one, but it's very similar. Well, what do we care about this? What we care about is I want you to remember 
I want this to make a dent in your head. You ever, you ever go to church and you leave church and an hour and a half later, what did Pastor Doug talk about? I don't want you to do that today. Not because it's me, but because it's God. God is worth remembering always about everything about him. Everything he does, everything he sees, everything he has created, we have a direct line for and we should be able to use. Right? Aaron, you're not loud enough. There we go. Job 40, verse 1. What can I say? Then the Lord said to Job, Will the fault finder contend with the Almighty? Let him who reproves God answer it. Now think about this. You're standing before God and he says this to you. Aaron. Find fault with God, would you? You up for that? No. No. How big does Job feel right now? He's looking up at an ant. Yeah. The Almighty has just announced to you, looky here, smart aleck little boy, we're going to the woodshed, and you're going to like it. How many know that's not true? You're not going to like the trip to the woodshed. No. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am insignificant. No kidding. What can I reply to you? I lay my hand on my mouth. Once I have spoken, I will not answer even twice, and I will add nothing more. So he's taken the fifth. Now I'm here to tell you, if you take the fifth with the Lord, it will not help you. He already knows. He knows everything you've done. He knows everything you're doing, and guess what? He knows everything you're going to do. No surprises with the Lord. You wake up in the morning and you go, I set my will today to serve the Lord my God with all my heart and with all my strength and with all my soul, and I will allow him to take me where my faith and my trust is without borders and the water is deeper than I can stand. I set my will to do it. And then you get out of bed and you sin like crazy. And God is not surprised or intimidated. He does not worry that maybe he isn't the Lord anymore. No, he knows he is. We have nothing to do with if he is God or not. What we have to do with is he God of us or not. Job's learning this valuable lesson. So then the Lord, he decides, he's going to tell Job about a couple of little bitty creatures he made. The first one is Behemoth. Now many Bibles will tell you that Behemoth is a hippopotamus. I'm going to prove to you beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is not a hippopotamus. Behold, Behemoth, which I made as well as you, he eats grass like an ox. Okay. Behold, his strength and his loins, or is in his loins, and his power and the muscles of his belly. He bends his tail like a cedar tree. How big is the tail on a hippo? About that long? What kind of a hippo would have a tail like a cedar tree? Really funny looking one, huh? 
I grew up where cedar trees are plenty. And you know what I know about a cedar tree? It's taller than I am. It's bigger around than I am. It's bigger around than any number of friends I can gather together. And it's much taller. In fact, the cedar tree is so tall, it'll block the sun. There is no hippo ever that could swing a cedar tree with its tail. No way. This is not a hippopotamus. Nothing against the hippopotamus. I like them just fine. I, I really get a kick out of their round canine teeth. What can you chew with that? If a river rages, he is not alarmed. Now, here in Yuba City, y'all know something about raging rivers, don't you? That crazy thing's been to the top of the, the um, levee how many times? Too many. I was here when it went through the levee and swamped Peachtree Mall. I remember that. That was horrible. Bayamoth is not alarmed. That's big. That's really, really big. He is confident, though the Jordan rushes to his mouth. Can anyone picture him when he is on watch with barbs? Can anyone pierce his nose? And then this is my favorite guy, Leviathan. As an animal, I think he is incredible. Can you draw out Leviathan with a fish hook? No. <laughs> Uh, it should be pointed out here that many of your study Bibles will tell you he is a crocodile. No, he's, he's not a crocodile. I'm going to prove that too. <clears throat> can you press his tongue down with a cord? You know, a crocodile, you can hold his mouth shut. They almost have no muscles to open their mouth. Now, once it's open, you better, you better be careful because it'll come closed quicker than you can see and you lose whatever's in it. It's very strong to close their mouth, but to open their mouth, they, they really can't do it. Um, this one show we watched, the guy holds their mouth shut with electrical tape. They're, they're just not very strong to open their mouth. Can you fill his skin with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay a hand on him, remember the battle, and you will not do it again. Now, what we know about crocodiles is a man can out-wrestle a crocodile. Happens, you know, it used to be a big thing. Guys would go around the country, like when they used to do vaudeville. Anybody remember vaudeville? Just me. Oh, boy. <laughs> but they would have a guy wrestle a crocodile and win. A big crocodile, you know, 14 feet. Because once you get behind them, they, what are they going to do? They can't reach back, you know. They, they are powerless to do anything other than just shake you off. The sword that reaches him cannot avail, nor the spear, the dart, or the javelin. He regards iron as straw. Iron as straw. <laughs> iron 
is so much harder than steel. Now, remember I was talking earlier about the, uh, the top fuel dragsters? You remember, remember that a minute ago? So you have your engine block, and it's made out of cast iron. When they pressurize the fuel into a dragster, it's almost gel. So imagine if your gasoline was like jello. Okay? And it gets pumped in there at such force that the spark plug... Now, now remember, a dragster travels 1,000 feet and the race over. At 500 feet, the spark plug isn't any good anymore. It's not firing. What's firing is the intense heat that the engine has manufactured, which is why it keeps running. If that spark plug fails early, raw fuel comes out of the exhaust. And as the heat continues to build, it's going to fire. And the engine, the whole time, is continuing to take in fuel in a dead cylinder. So when it finally fires, it is an explosion that will blow the block apart. And a cast iron block, what, Aaron, about, about yay so thick? On one part, and it has a whole ring of this, and it explodes. And it doesn't just break that part. It will send parts of that engine hundreds of feet into the air. And this animal regards iron as straw. This is an immense creature. Aren't you glad they're not here anymore? What would we be to this guy? Lunch. Yes. <clears throat> he looks at bronze as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. Sling stones are turned into stubble for him. Nothing on earth is like him. One made without fear. Without fear. What are you afraid of? Lots of stuff, huh? Why? Did God say to be afraid? What did God say? Do not. Do not fear. Have no fear. Be not afraid. I did not give you the spirit of fear, but I gave you power. Love and a sound mind. That's God. What is real power when God is around? Love. The power of love. Now, I've never been a woman. <laughs> I'm sure you have figured that out. And I have heard women talk about how much they love their man. I hear it from my wife, and I'm telling you what, uh, that's a lot of love. She has a lot, of, she really loves me, and I don't know why. But I know about the power of love in a man. And when a man loves his woman, and he wants to be with her, if he is willing to let go of everything else, nothing will keep him from her. He will give his life to be with her. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't bumps and bruises and, you know, you stub your toe and you're, oh, I just, what is wrong with her? You know, that, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about that. There are times in my life where I want to be by myself. It's a good thing I drive a truck. I get a lot of time to be by myself. Yeah. There are times I don't want to hear anybody else talk. I just want, I don't even want to hear me talk. 
I'll be going down the freeway, and, and Debbie will be with me. And she'll say, what are you thinking about? Nothing. <laughs> she says, no, really, what, what's in your head? Nothing. So when you look inside your head, what do you see? Black. It's empty. There is no thought process going on other than what I'm taking in to keep the car in the lane going down the freeway. That's it. And she's jealous because her mind works all the time. But you know what? I sleep really good. <laughs> when I lay down to go to sleep, I go to sleep. Why? My mind was off hours ago. <laughs> That's right. But in your mind, you know you love God. So what is keeping you from doing exactly what he asks you to do? What is it? Fear. Well, I'm not afraid of anything. Maybe you're not. But fear uses anger to do its stuff. And if you're a person of short temper, you're afraid of something. Fear is having a lot of fun in you. If you don't want to serve God in this area, I'll serve God anywhere else, but I'm not going to do it here. Guess what part God's going to work on? Yeah. Why? It isn't just because you haven't given it to him. It's because there is fear there. A lack of trust for the Lord God Almighty who has all things in his hand and who can take it out of his hand. This is a being that hung Jupiter where it is, and it's still where he told it to be. The earth keeps going around the sun. Why? God said so. He says in his word, who put the ocean where it is and told it you can go this far and no farther? God did that. He says he did that. What is the ocean? It is an immense body of water that has power to destroy naval vessels if the wind kicks up. Water is incredibly strong. The power is amazing. Isaiah and I once, we were, well, our, fam, our whole family was at Fort Bragg. And um, I used to scuba dive a little bit. And I decided what I wanted to do. I was going to put on my wetsuit. And I was going to go out in the surf at Pudding Creek Beach, out there about uh, 200 yards. And I was just going to sit there in the water like a cork. And I can't float, but with a wetsuit on, I can. So I go out there, and I'm bobbing up and down. And I decide I want to come back in. Well, guess what? There's a riptide. There I sit. So Isaiah comes out on a paddleboard, and he says, uh, Mom says we have to swim sideways because we're in a riptide. Yeah. Oh, simple. So we go over to, there's a cliff. And there's a, it's a very short cliff. You know, it's, it's only out of the water about that high, unless the tide's out. And it was. And then it's a little higher. And I said, okay, we'll go over here and we'll climb this, this rock wall. 
and get out of the water. Well, we just kind of swam over there. It didn't take much strength or effort or anything. We just kind of got over there, and now we're trying to get out, and we're fighting the surf. <clears throat> and I grabbed hold of this, uh, this rock wall, which was covered with muscles. Muscles are very sharp. They were cutting my hands. And I thought, i, I got to get out of this water. So I grabbed it, and I'm beginning to pull myself out. And right then, a large wave comes, and it grabs me. And I could feel this hand, like the hand of death, pulling me into the ocean. And I said, in Jesus' name, get me out of this water. And I was on the top of the rocks. And I was exhausted. And I looked over, and my 15-year-old son had climbed out, and he's standing on the rocks, too. Thank God I don't have to go back in the water. The power of God's love saved me from the ocean. You can say anything you want. We can get any expert in here to tell me all the reasons why that isn't possible. I know what I know, and I know what I felt, and I know what had me by the waist. God got me out of that water because I wasn't strong enough to do it. I'm sorry if my drinking water um, distracts you. Just a little side note here. Uh, years ago, I was worshiping the Lord, and something happened in my throat. I was singing too loud. <clears throat> and uh, it doesn't put moisture in my throat like it should anymore. So I'm not thirsty. I just <laughs> I have a dry throat. So anyway, Leviathan, made by God. God hung the planets where they are. He made you. He has given us everything here on this earth for us to have a life that we can serve him, that we can do anything he wants. Job 26, 5. The departed spirits tremble under the waters and their inhabitants. This is talking about the angels that have left heaven. Naked is Sheol before him, which is another word for hell. And Abaddon has no covering. He stretches out the north over the empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. What kind of a being is our God that he can hang the earth on nothing and it stays there? How about that? That goes against everything we know because gravity brings us where? down. The gravity of the earth is not what holds it in space. Because compared to space, the earth is a speck of dust. It is so small. The only thing big is God. That's it. And I know you have problems and, oh, I'm in debt or, you know, my car won't this or whatever. And it seems like a big thing to us. And to us, yes, it is. But put it in perspective. What is big? God is big. When Isaiah was four years old, our firstborn child, we're so proud. God named him. God named all of our children, which is another sermon. 
but uh, he had, uh, with his tachycardia? Tachycardia and bradycardia. And bradycardia, okay. So basically he had an irregular heartbeat, right? And so we go to the doctor and he gives Isaiah this little um, fanny pack that has a heart monitor in it and he has to wear it for a week, month, 24 hours, okay. <clears throat> That's why I have a wife, because she remembers. And so, you know, he's got this thing, and he's got all these electrodes on him, and here's this little four-year-old active kid that, that loves to do all kinds of stuff, and he's kind of, you know, limited for a little bit, and we felt bad, and, oh, what are we going to do? And this is such a big deal. And they went in, and they said, you know, it's really weird. After they analyzed the data, there's nothing wrong with his heart. It's his heartbeat. What does that mean? He'll grow out of it. Okay. I don't know if I'm buying this. So uh, we brought it before our pastor, and, and one Sunday morning he had us all pray um, about it. And um, you know what the Lord told me? He said, the enemy is attacking his heartbeat because his heart... Holy Spirit was talking to me. And he said, his heart will beat with the heart of the Father. Enemy wanted him dead. Because he can't have that. He can't have people whose heart beat like that. Can he? He can't win if that is true. Look at all the garbage David went through. And, you know, we say, oh, you know, David, you know, he, he shot himself in the foot with Bathsheba and all. You know what? Yes. But don't you think the enemy orchestrated that? To destroy him as the leader of God's holy nation? Don't you think that was true? David's heart was after God's. God said so. What do you do to make your heart after God's? What do you do? I can't tell you. I'm not you. But figure out what it is and do it. You want to be happy here on earth with all the garbage you have to put up with? Figure out how to be in tune with God and do it. And never let it go. I wrestled in high school and uh, we had a move, a lock. With your hands. Everybody, can you do this? Just with your hands so your thumbs are against your fingers, you know. Turn your palms up. Take one of your hands. Don't do that with your thumb, Aaron. <laughs> Keep your thumb against your fingers so that you go like this. That seems pretty weak, doesn't it? Pull this way as hard as you can. Can you make it let go? When you've got a guy in a cradle and he's got both his legs in there and he's trying to straighten out, guess what? He's pinned. You win. This is called a Russian lock. Hold on to Jesus like a Russian. <laughs> Never, ever let it go. Now you might say, well, I could do that or I could do it this way. No, this, this is not as strong. Your fingers will slide off. You need your thumb. 
God gave you five digits, use them all. Five on each hand, use them all. Use them all. Hold on to Jesus with the power that he has instilled in your body. Well, you know, but I'm kind of a weak person and blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Your spirit, you know what? Your spirit, your spirit that God gave you is strong. Oh, but I give in to so... Stop it. (laughs) There's no reason for you to give in if God says to stand and stand firm. What did he tell Joshua? Do not... Be afraid. Only be strong and courageous. What do you think that meant? Go get a picnic and go to Arby's and get a sandwich? No. It meant stand before the enemy, tell him, this is as far as you're going in my life, and you know what else? I'm going to kick you the rest of the way out of it. That's what it meant. Get him out of your life. He has no place in you unless you let him have it. So, how strong is love? We, we don't have a measurement for it, do we? No. So, after love, what is the most important gift? Is it the gift of healing? The gift of faith? The gift of strength? The gift of power? The gift of helps? What is it? It is all of that, because you know what's the most important one? The one you need at that moment. Because if I have the gift of helps, and there's a dead person here, what does that do for us? Nothing. On the other hand, if I have the gift of raising the dead back to life, and somebody needs their tire changed, what does that do for us? Not a thing. So, when you tune into the Lord and you begin to see with his eyes and you see in the spirit realm the needs of other people and you begin to meet them without them asking, what have you done? They either think you're really weird or you've got something they can't live without. I want the, you can't live without this. Because they can't. They cannot live without the power of the Almighty God. Just a couple more examples of power here, and then I'm going to pray and see if we can get some of this power. You guys ever heard of David Hogan? Yeah? Yeah? Well, for those of you who don't know, he's a missionary to southern Mexico. And uh, he has a couple of little stories that are, that are pretty cool. He took a couple of his guys with him up into the mountains. Their, where their mission plant is is in the valley. And they went up into the mountains. And it began to rain while they were up there. And uh, so the river they crossed rose. Right? And it didn't just rise a little bit. Within the day, it rose deeper than his pickup was high. So the guys he's with, he said, you know what? Let's just put camp right here. The river will recede overnight, and we'll go home in the morning. And he said, you know what he said? I'm going home to Mrs. Hogan. 
and he launched that Ford pickup into the river. And it went under the water. Aaron? Engine run without air? No. no. What happens? Water goes into the engine and... Bends a rod, doesn't it? Sure. That's not what happened. That pickup went under the river and they saw rocks. Rocks rolling down in front of the truck as the headlights would hit them as they went by. And that truck went across the river bottom and came out the other side and David went home to Mrs. Hogan. That's God. That's God doing somebody a favor. Many years ago, there was a guy, his name was Smith Wigglesworth. Great, mighty evangelist. <clears throat> his wife, Penny, died. And he was heartbroken. She not only married him before he was a Christian and a plumber, she taught him how to read and write and put up with all of his shortcomings until he finally decided, I love the Lord my God with all my heart. And she died. And so he went into her room and he said, Lord, I want to talk to my wife. And you know what the Lord did? He sat her up in bed. He restored life into her. And she said, what do you want? He had interrupted her time with the Lord Jesus. And she was irritated. <laughs> so they had a nice little short conversation because the Lord Jesus Christ did his very faithful servant a favor. And then she went on to be with the Lord. Don't think for a moment he doesn't love you that much. Because he does. And that power is yours. It's all of ours. We just have to live that kind of life that says, Lord, not only are you worth dying for, which most of us, if somebody said, if you don't renounce Jesus, I'm going to shoot you, like, fire away. Go be with Jesus. Not only are you worth dying for, Lord, but you are worth living for. Which is another thing, isn't it? Living for Christ takes effort. Anybody can die. But to really live, to live in Christ, takes effort. It takes his power. Lord, I thank you that you have given us this power. If there's anybody here this morning that wants to accept you as your Lord and Savior, please see me after the service, and I will pray with you that you can do so. But if you are saved and you want to be able to move in this power that I've been talking about this morning, to see things happen in your life that honor God, please see me right now, and we will pray with you. Well, we thank you for the group of us that is here this morning. I thank you that they were willing to listen, and I ask that we remember what you've taught us. But Lord, help us to always move 
the way you've taught us to move. I ask that we would bless you this week, that we would live a life this week that is a sweet aroma to you. In Jesus' name, amen.